Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jonathan Zaslow in the house yes, filling hello. in for Ian Fitzsimmons here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. The All-Star Weekend, one of the biggest weekends on the calendar for <laughs> the NBA. Jonathan Zaslow, it ended with a thud. Oh just like last God. year, like the year before. I'm going to get into the bad of this thing in just a moment, and we're even going to open up the phone lines, ask you, America, how would you fix the NBA All-Star game if you want to chime in, Triple Eight, say ESPN. But before we get to the bad, let's start with the good. Are you going to do the, the worst- thing where an employer, when they tell you, you know, the, that they want to give you a little criticism, they start right. with the good and they sandwich the critique mm-hmm. in the middle. Is that what you're going to do here? They butter you up. And then they drop the hammer. Yeah. Uh, that's essentially what I'm going to do here. So I will butter up the NBA okay. by telling Adam Silver in the NBA that the whole Steph Sabrina thing, which really the NBA is not responsible for because it was the idea of Steph and Sabrina. It was not the idea of the NBA, but the whole Steph and Sabrina three-point shootout was pretty awesome. And that was ended up, was. I think, being the highlight of the whole weekend. I think that was the only awesome thing about NBA All-Star Weekend, but it was awesome. It, well, the three-point contest is always good. You're, you're always going to get a, a display of incredible skill for the three-point shootout every single year. That's, that's, without question, always going to be great. I was worried about Steph Curry versus Sabrina Ionescu. We said this a little bit after it was announced, you and I, where we were both a little bit concerned how it was going to come off because Very. If, if, if Sabrina wins... Is it going to be a whole, oh, but she used a woman's ball. Now, she shot from the men's three-point line, so that wouldn't have been a thing, but it's, oh, she used a woman's ball. And if Steph wins, do we get the whole, see, a woman should not be competing against, a misogyny guy came back. Sorry, Sean. Misogyny guy. See, women aren't supposed to be competing with men. They're supposed to be in the kitchen making Steph a sandwich. Like, we would have gotten that, (laughs) except, like, I guess it's, you know, thankfully, she had such a great performance that you – you can't – misogyny guy's got no leg to stand on, you know. She she had as many points as the highest score in the actual three-point contest. The only person all night long who scored higher than her was Steph Curry. So it, it was a really fun event. You know what the only thing I would say, Amber? I, I would say make it two rounds next year. One wasn't enough. It ended too quick. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a really cool event. It did go by very, very quick. I don't know if they would want it to be two rounds again next year, but maybe there's some other things that you could put in there around it or maybe get more players involved so it's not just Steph and Sabrina. I mean, heck, maybe we can see Caitlin Clark in it next year. Who knows uh, where the direction of that's going. But I thought it was really cool in the end. You know, I was very nervous because I was very nervous about misogyny guy making an yeah. appearance. I was very nervous. He has about- lots of friends, misogyny guy. He does. There's lots of misogyny guys He's out popular. there. He's popular. I was very nervous about Sabrina having all of womankind on her shoulders as she's doing this three-point contest. The stakes felt high. Even for Steph, I kind of felt like it was a lose-lose situation. You know, like, if you beat, if you whoop her butt, 
it's not going to look good. That's not that's not good for anybody or anything, right? I don't and I don't think that's the goal there. Uh, but if you lose to her, everyone's going to kind of be making fun of it. Like I wasn't sure that he was really gaining anything from participating. That's a good point. And then with her, I felt like she had already broken his record in her own WNBA three point contest. She had already broken Steph Curry's record, and I kind of hated the notion of this idea of now do it against the man. You know, like you did it. You already did it in your own way, but now do it against, it doesn't count unless you do it against the man. And, and so I sort of, I I didn't, that the whole thing, I just felt nervous about it. And you know, you and I discussed Mm -hmm. it as we, as we led up to it and then actually watching it play out, it went so perfectly because it's, it's totally fine that stuff wins. He wins by such a close margin. And then, like you said, though, she shoots lights out, which she sinks her first like eight shots in a row. It was unbelievable. And then also, she beats everybody else. She beats Dane. Yeah. She beats yeah. everybody that participated in the actual three-point contest. So that was so cool because even yeah. if you're not going to be – so Steph right now, you know, still the greatest shooter, fine. But she's right there showing that she can easily compete with the men from – the same line as the men. I don't really know what Kenny Smith was doing there. He definitely stepped in it. I'm not surprised though somebody uh, stepped Kenny, in it. Kenny, come on. That that was, Kenny, that was a bad job out of you. I'm sorry. Kenny Smith, that was a terrible job out of you on that call. He kind of doubled good. down on it today. Also, like, I mean, he tried to clarify his remarks a bit. I don't, I, I guess I, I'll give Kenny Smith the benefit of the doubt because I don't think we need to cancel Kenny Smith because he had the audacity to suggest that she should have been shooting from the line she's used to shooting from. I think he was maybe trying to imply that why can't she just do things in a way that she normally does them and he does things the way he normally does them and then that in and of itself should be an even playing field. Maybe that's what he was thinking in his mind. What maybe he doesn't realize about Sabrina Nescu is when you pull her shot chart, Zazlo, she actually shoots from the NBA. Oh, the women do it all the time. I mean, we saw Caitlin Clark last week when Caitlin Clark got the record. She shot it from 15 feet behind the three-point line. Like, the women do that the the same way the men do, where they shoot it way behind the line these days. Mm -hmm. The women do that all the time also. Yeah, so I, it was no it, it sweat for her to go ahead and shoot from the NBA line. Amber and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. So that was the good right, the of NBA now. All-Star Weekend. Let's, I'm ready. Let's, let's go. Get, let's get to the bad. Here is how the weekend ended. Here is Adam Silver. Well, congratulations. Oh, woof. <laughs> That's as he's handing the trophy. I, I mean, he, he really should have just tossed it to him and walked off. Just kind of flipped he wanted it to, to him underhand and just walk off. No, it, he wanted it, it to was throw it at their faces. It really I think was. he would have wanted to knock them out with it if he could have. Adam Silver was so visibly unhappy it was during this All-Star race. And, and, and you know what? It, it really, we should have known at the very start. Because uh, I was out. I only got to see the second half of the game live. I was out. My son had a soccer tournament. I'm at my son's soccer tournament, and it's it's 8.20 p.m., and so I, I pull up the ESPN app. I want to see, all right, you know, how's this game started? It hasn't started yet. And, and it says 8 p.m. It's just, uh, we got to, I'm parents, we got to get this, this soccer stuff under control. Anyways, go ahead, Zaz. God, I don't know what that means, but anyway. I mean, everyone I know who has kids who play soccer, it's it's their entire lives. It's every single, no. how many soccer tournaments could there possibly be on planet Earth for children under 15 years old. It makes no sense. The answer to that question, though, for every single parent I know, is about a thousand. Well, I it's mean, every weekend, it's every Saturday, and it's ins- it's pure insanity. Yeah, a, there's an so unlimited hard. amount, and B, that's that college tuition doesn't pay for itself. All right, so yeah, there well, you go. 
what you're spending on these travel teams, you could just be saving and spending on college because I'm not sure at the end that it, a mini scholarship that he might get for soccer somewhere. So I'm, I'm pulling up the ESPN app. It's 820. Let's see how this All-Star game started. And I have never been more in line with J.J. Redick in my life, okay? Because he went on a whole rant about this on his podcast over the weekend. This game hasn't even started yet. It's 820. And I figure, I, I go... Maybe I'm not getting internet out here. Well, is my is my phone not updated? You're doing the old guy thing. JJ Reddick has never sounded old. The old man in the I've three never agreed more with JJ Reddick. It's been never been more of a fitting name for JJ Reddick's pod than it was when he went on his rant about NBA start times. And I also agree with him, which is proof that we are all in our 40s. I checked back at 8:30. It still hasn't. So I, I my my I must not be getting Wi-Fi out here. All right. I check again at 8:30. 40, it still hasn't even started. I couldn't believe it. So the, the night got off to a horrendous start. Sunday night, Amber. The game hasn't started until 8.45 p.m. I, I hear you. Come on, come on, come on. And then we're treated to that ridiculous display Excuse for the that. next two and a half hours. My goodness. I mean, where do you even start? I, I don't know where you even start. I, I think that, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these guys are out after the game. Like, yes, we need to fix it. We need to address it. But the good thing was nobody got injured and guys are concerned about injuries. I mean, these guys don't want to play in the all-star game, whether it's injuries, whether it's effort, whether it's whatever, they don't want to do it. And so there has to be some sort of solution. I actually tend to think that the NFL came up with a pretty decent solution with the Pro Bowl because, of course, they were having the same problem and nobody actually wants to play in it. Nobody wants to risk getting injured. And so what do you do? The fans felt the same way, the, the same way. The fans don't feel that way about the NBA. They would like there to be a good NBA All-Star game. All the fans have been saying for years, eh, Pro Bowl, don't really need it. Right, but Pro Bowl, you didn't really need it also, though, because it sucked and nobody actually wanted to play in it. There was no effort. It wasn't great football. And so now they came up with the whole wacky-duty skill stuff and all the different – it's wacky-duty. All the different stuff that they do and the different challenges, and I'm so here for it. I know you haven't watched a single minute of any of it. It's so Well, it was was only only the first year. It's not like I've been – uh, uh, I've been protesting it for, for seven, eight years. I heard time. your podcast, Zaslow Show 2.0. You said you would not watch a single minute of it. Uh, so you were very emphatic, and it was great. It, it's super fun. It's excellent. It's a good time. That's what they've got to do, in my opinion, with the NBA. They've got to find a way to just make it bull bleep fun for these guys, where they, they don't feel like they're getting injured. And then also, like, it's fun. It's something... You've got to I mean, appeal but, but, to their competitive you know nature in a different way. And playing basketball apparently ain't it. Because we're also talking about a generation of dudes who doesn't really want to play basketball for 82, all 82 anyways. Well, that's <laughs> they what sure it is. sure as hell don't want to add in the 83rd. Well, that's what it is. You got a, you got a generation of NBA players that don't like to compl- that don't like to play, period. All right? They were obviously not going to play hard in the All-Star game. This generation NBA player loves two things more than anybody else. Complaining and not playing. And so you know when the All-Star game comes around each year, the big – I mean, Amber, what's been the biggest story in the NBA the last few years? The last few years, the biggest story in the league is what? Is a load management. Is the players not playing. Right. And that's why it's such a huge thing that now also with the All-Star and all the money that these people – I'm not talking about the first few rows where it's all celebrities and sponsors and businessmen. You could sit in the upper deck – at that game at uh, you know the field house there in Indianapolis. You're paying hundreds of dollars for that game, and you're a regular Joe, all right? And you're getting treated to that garbage. It was garbage. It was garbage. Really? And you're getting you're treated to that. Up. It's very insulting. 
I think you're showing up to see all of the stars, the biggest stars in the sport in one place. You've got to find a way to put on a show, though, for those fans. I do agree with that. So what is your solution, America? How would you put on a show? How do you fix the NBA All-Star Game? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We will get to your calls next here on ESPN Radio. Well, congratulations. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Aliburno, a logo three. He's feeling it, and he knocks it home. An early show for Tyrese Halliburton. Five for five from distance. Half-court Lillard. Yes! Might have just sold it right there. Damian Lillard with a triple from half court. He's got 39. Obviously, from a player's perspective, you know, it's fun to get up and down, but at the end of the day, our competitive nature don't like just being able to just have free-flowing scoring like that. I think we sounded a little bit like an old man screaming at a cloud in the last segment no, where I, we're I complaining. No, we sounded rational is what we sounded well, like. Eh, we might have sounded a little old. We're complaining about the All-Star game. And the start starting time too. late. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and then, and then of course we're complaining about kids of these days. They don't want to play basketball. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Listen, I, that is absolutely the reputation right now around the NBA. And it's not a good look. And of course it's from load management. It's from these guys resting. It's from the choice to take off. It's a very different era, a different generation. And they do know more about protecting their bodies and all of that as well than previous generations. But I don't know if it's because they don't like playing basketball. I mean, I do question like Jokic. I don't know. (laughs) He may not like playing basketball. There are some guys in the league that might just happen to be. He just wants to be with his horses. He just wants to be with his horses. But I think most of them probably do enjoy playing basketball. I think doing it and doing it for a living are probably two different things. And the whole job component of it. Now, I have heard NBA players say, well, if you want to fix the All-Star game, pay us to play in the All-Star game. And I don't think that's necessarily. Well, they, they do get paid. They do get but they want like they want real like, money. Yeah, like you put, you know, everyone wins a million dollars out there on the court, they want and then all of a sudden, tournament money is what they yes, want. Yes, and that's what they want. And we did see, in fairness to these NBA players, we did see a competitive in-season tournament. So I guess maybe money is the motivator. How would you fix the NBA All Star Game? Let, let me just say, I, I don't agree with what you just finished saying there because I think a major part of the in and yes, the in-season tournament, it was more money on the line. But do not discount how much money winning the in-season tournament is to those three or four guys on the end of your bench who are making league minimum and winning that in-season tournament 
is more than they make in an entire season. So they're super into it, and the guys on the floor are into it for them also because they care about their teammates. And those guys aren't there for the All-Star game. They're not. The guy on the end of the bench at the All-Star game makes $40 million. (laughs) He doesn't care. So it's, it's not the same thing. I don't believe that that is a solution. I think there are two routes they can go. The first route is get rid of the game altogether. I mean, that's that's answer A. I don't think they're going to do that because it, it looks like that whole scene looks like money. I put on the television, that game, it looks like money is everywhere. So I don't think that that's going to happen. But the other option is I think you do something similar to what goes on in the National Hockey League. And you do these mini games. Essentially, do a three-on-three tournament, something like that. I would do. Because Although hockey has this problem too. No, well, hockey now they 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 have four teams. They split up into four teams. They have semifinal games, and then they have a final game. That's the All-Star game. That little tournament kind of deal. For the NBA, I would take a page out of that. I would do like a three-on-three tournament. And if you're doing a three-on-three tournament, you can't hide. You can't cherry pick. Not run back on defense. You have to actually play. It's a half-court game. It's three-on-three. You're, like, you're there. I would do a three-on-three tournament, and there's a level of pride involved in that. You know, you have the five starters, Eastern Conference, Western Conference. They pick two guys on their team. Boom. You got 15 guys on an Eastern roster, 15 guys on a Western roster. It's pretty easy, actually. The starters are the captains, and you go at it. There you go. You got 10 teams. You do a little tournament. I think that could be fun. I did hear some player, and I can't remember who it was, talking about how they should go to one-on-one, which would be interesting and fun because I guess this, this player was saying that, that they like competing one-on-one. It'll and never that That's happen. a whole new level so that you wouldn't, you wouldn't rest at all. Like you would be going balls. You know, you would be going as hard as you could It'll if never you were happen. one-on-one. It's the same reason that you don't get the big stars in the slam dunk contest. They're afraid to look bad. They don't want to look bad right. in an individual setting. One-on-one will never happen. But three-on-three, I think it could be something there. All right. Triple eight, say ESPN. We're asking you, America, how do you fix the du- or the uh, NBA, uh, the dunk contest, too? We'll get to that later. But how do you fix the, uh, the actual all-star game? Let's just start with trying to fix that thing. Rob is calling us from Orlando. Rob, thanks for the call. How do you fix it? I think you got to go with it, and, and it might not be popular. I haven't heard anybody bring it up. But do it like Major League Baseball, whoever wins. The all-star game, East or West, they have a home court in the NBA Finals. Thanks for the call. I mean, that's the type of thing that I figured was going to get thrown out, Zaz. I hate it. Seems, yeah, it, it's just that to me makes the stakes like too high. I hate it. I uh, if, if, if I'm on the floor and, and my team is uh, one of the weaker teams in the conference, I, I'm, I'm not stupid. I know my team's not going to make the playoffs. Why would I want my team's biggest rival? To, 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 why would I want to help them win the NBA championship and get them home court advantage? I wouldn't want that. I don't right. like that idea. I don't, yeah, it's interesting. But raising the stakes, obviously, would force guys to actually play hard. Triple H, say ESPN. John is calling us from Ohio. John, how would you fix it? What I would do, I would, I would do two-on-two or three-on-three, both ends of the court, have both games playing. So you have, you, you have skin in the game on both sides. Well, so that, what about when you're watching on TV? You got a split screen? That'd be visually insane to follow. That's the I only mean, problem uh, my, with that. I mean, my head's going to spin off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, that would be a lot. Uh, imagine, a lot to keep track of at home. Imagine that with a LED court. Oh, gosh. And split screen. And yeah, let's do it. 
You want to make it exciting? Come on. It's, it sounds fun, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep up with that. That sounds like a lot. Nick, Nick is calling us from Wisconsin. Nick, thanks for holding. How would you fix this thing? Okay, first off with the dunk contest, I'm tired of seeing these no-name glorified water boys that are in it. I say make them wear the mascot costumes. That would at least be interesting. Uh, as for the all-star game, remember rock and jock basketball? So good. Yeah, I say let's embrace the silliness of it. Put in oh. a 50-point shot, oh. at, you know, about 20 feet above the actual hoop. Add another one in on there, too. I think they had like a 50-point and a 30-point back in the day. In this way, it's all-stars. That's what everyone wanted. We don't get anyone useless like, you know, Michael Rappaport and Dan or, uh, Dan Cortez. Yo, why you throwing there? shade at the Mimbo, Dan Cortez? <laughs> What's the matter with you? Come on now. <laughs> Uh, I do think that just going wacky and embracing it, that's my idea. Because Amber, I were feel- you too young to, to know Rock yeah, and Jock? I don't know what, I don't really? Know you, you don't know I don't MTV know Rock what, and Jock? I don't, I don't know what you guys are talking about. MTV Rock and Jock, Amber, you, you'd have former players. Sometimes there'd be current players as well. Uh, the, the MTV VJs and celebrities, musicians, oh, they would play I, a game. I do vaguely remember this. Yeah, vague, and what the caller is it. talking about there, with two minutes left in each half, a 25-point basket would lower from the ceiling where it was like 25 feet high. But it was worth 25 points if you score on it. It was wild. That's uh, awesome. It is awesome. That's it, what we it should was do. Awesome. You imagine there you go. Steph that guy shooting fixed- at that? Steph, Steph shooting at that rim? Yeah. There you yeah, go. Yeah, let's go. We yeah. fixed the All-Star game. That guy fixed the All-Star game. I do think embracing the craziness, embracing the silliness like the NFL has done with the Pro Bowl, that is absolutely and completely the way to go. It also makes it more fun for the players because I have heard some of the players say it's a break. So some of the guys don't want to oh, show up because on. it's supposed to be a break. It's not supposed to be a break. Come it's on. supposed to be a party and it's supposed to be a celebration. So I guess embrace the party of it all and just let them have a 25-point basket. <laughs> we will ask uh, somebody who plays the game next if that's a great idea here on ESPN Radio. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas should like us a lot because I think we just fixed the NBA All-Star game here on Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented by Progressive Insurance. Zaslow filling in tonight for Ian at Zaslow Show. That's how you find him. At Amber W Sports is how you find me, Amber Wilson. So we were taking phone calls on how to fix the NBA All-Star game that nobody seems to want to really play in or try anyways when they are playing in it. And we had a caller call in and suggest that they take a page out of 80s MTV's playbook and just go wacky. MTV rock and jock. 
MTV Rock and Jock, which apparently yes. involves a basket coming down from the ceiling, ceiling yeah. that's like 25 feet in the air, yeah. but it's worth 25 points yeah. if you could hit it. Just uh, with that, with the LED core, like just make it crazy. Well, and and Amber, that's the way to maybe fix this thing. Amber, after a few years when the 25-point basket got stale, they also had a 50-pointer that came <laughs> down. Amazing. So it was the 10-foot basket. And on top of it was a 25-footer. And on top of that was a 50-foot basket. You had three baskets there that players were able to shoot from. Rock and jock. Amazing. So, Triple H, say ESPN, if you have a way to fix the NBA All-Star game. Zaslo, I know that it's not just the NBA All-Star game, though, that annoyed you from over the weekend. So, I wanted to get this in here real quick because oh I heard on God. your podcast, Zaslo Show oh 2.0, available wherever podcasts are. I heard you going off about the dunk contest. I almost chucked my remote control at the television in the Zaslo Mansion family room. And, and I, I rarely watch the three-point show, but I did NBA primetime on Saturday night here on ESPN Radio. So, like, I'm into it, you know? So I'm going to sit down, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy myself, and I'm going to watch the festivities. And I almost, I almost turned it off in the middle of the dunk contest. I don't believe in conspiracy theories, Amber, and I was swearing this contest was rigged. I, you know what it reminds me of? Oh, well, yeah. You know what it reminds me of? It was like in a game when the star player gets calls that the rookie – doesn't get that's what was happening in the slam dunk contest the star was getting the scores and and the younger players or the no-name guys were not getting the scores from the judges it was like I was watching a regular season game it was not fair and I was so angry I'm glad Mac McClung ended up winning he deserved it but man was I annoyed with the scores they were giving Jalen Brown yeah McClung ends up winning I mean I think that it wouldn't be crazy if there was a little padding done there because Shout out to Jalen Brown for being a huge star in the league and actually participating in the dunk contest. He deserves a lot of credit for that. That's cool. That's very cool. So I feel like that is why the judges were maybe a little extra kind to him because they're like trying to say, yo, you names, the big names actually want to participate in this thing. We'll be a little kind. Jump over a guy sitting down. You get a 50. Okay. Speaking of big names, Norris Cole, he's won a couple NBA championships. He is kind enough to join us right now. And Norris, thanks so much for your time. We've been talking about how to fix the NBA All-Star game because it's very obvious that nobody actually wants to play in this thing. Do you have any ideas on how you can fix it and why these guys don't feel like participating in this thing? I believe that uh, maybe the winner, the East and the West, you know, that's who – you know, possibly gets home court home court advantage. I think that uh, I think that uh, maybe make it more competitive. It's hard to make someone competitive when the players themselves are supposed to be competitive. Like trying to incentivize folks who are already getting incentives for playing in the All Star game. I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. But I would say the winner, um, the winner host gets the home court advantage uh, oh, in the playoffs. All right, so help me out here then, Norris, because someone just brought that up, and my response to that was, why Why would a player, let's say, on the team who his team is not any good and his rival has a chance to, like, you know, be one of the top seeds in the conference, why would that player want to help his rival team get home court advantage in the finals? Am I looking too deep into that? Do players maybe not care? Uh, it's a fair point, but I don't think I don't think that that's fair because most of the guys in the All Star Games team 
are in playoff contention. And if you're in playoff contention or in the playoffs, that means you have a chance to possibly maybe win it. So I don't, I don't think that would be a smart idea for a guy to try to sabotage on purpose. Plus you will lose respect from your peers, you know, if, 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 if you, if you do that. So that's something that's obviously a fair point, but I mean, all the guys that are all-stars for the most part, their teams, you know, are, are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, most of them are on competitive teams or probably believe anyways that they could be competitive in the right situation. Right. Norris Cole, two-time NBA champ, joining us here on Amber and Ian Zaslow, filling in for Ian tonight. Norris, I, I think that the frustration and why everybody seems to care so much about the NBA All-Star Game is because there is this whole idea around the NBA generally where it sort of just feels like NBA players don't like playing basketball, which is weird. And of course that comes from load management. It comes from these guys taking nights off, whatever you play with the best of the best. You've been in the league for a very long time. Is it true that NBA players just don't like playing basketball? Is that a weird reputation for this generation of players to have? It, I mean, the, the evidence has shown that, I mean, guys like to play, but they're not obsessed with the game. They don't, have a deep love and desire for competition all the time. You know, when you're a competitor, you compete at everything. These guys just, you know, only when it's time to play the game, depending on which game it is that they value, they'll play hard. But, you know, competitors, anytime there's a there's a winner and a loser, a competitor is going to get out there and compete. And so today's players are a little bit indifferent. Sometimes they'll compete when they want to, and then in other instances they won't. And I think that's that's one of the problems that we have in our, in our league right now. And the only way that we can change it is for the players themselves to, you know, start to be a little bit more throwback and be, you know, a little bit more competitive. You know, there, there's part of me, Norris. Norris Cole, two-time NBA champion, of course, with the Miami Heat, joining yeah. us here on Amber and Ian, Jonathan Zaslow, Amber uh, Amber Wilson here. And what, what I wanted to mention, or what I would love for some of the players to be asked, and, and it would never happen, these guys, Norris, they love Kobe Bryant. Like, Kobe Bryant is an idol to so many of these guys. What do you think these guys would say if they were then asked after the All-Star game, how do you think Kobe Bryant would feel about the performance tonight? Because the reality of it, uh, of it Norris, Kobe would be so ashamed at the performance in the All-Star game, right? I'd be saying the same exact thing. These guys look up to Kobe, but they're not listening to Kobe. If they really look up the club like they say they do, they're not listening to him because he would have a fit. He would be embarrassed to have his name attached to something like that. He's an ultimate competitor. And so, yeah, I, I don't think that a lot of these guys who Kobe is their favorite player, they wouldn't even like Kobe if they ever was around him in a competitive um, state because the things that we're seeing, he would never stand for and never be okay with. Different That's generation. Not, the things that we're seeing – the things that we're seeing now is not mama mentality at all. Not, not what we're seeing. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, no one's arguing there. One of the things that NBA players were asked, though, at the All-Star, over the All-Star weekend, Norris, was who is the next face of the league? LeBron James, Kevin Durant, a bunch of the superstar stuff. Curry, a bunch of the superstars were asked that question. And I think they all said Anthony Edwards, and they all said Shea, Gilgis Alexander. And then, of course, the other answers after that, came with a varied mix. Who does Norris Cole think is the next face of the NBA? The next face of the NBA, I would say, is um, Anthony Edwards or, believe it or not, I believe 
um, if he get his act together, I actually believe Ja will be the face of the NBA. I mean, he's a bigger star than everybody as far as the young players are concerned. There's no bigger star than Ja Morant in the NBA. That's a young player. So I believe he could be the face of the NBA. But since he's you know, hurting not playing right now, I think uh, Anthony Edwards and, and maybe Luka, if Luka wants it, but I don't know if Luka cares about that. But I think Anthony Edwards or Ja Morant you know, would be the faces of the NBA. I think the you're totally faces of the NBA. I think you're totally right about the John Moran part. I, I think that ship has sailed now because of what took place. But I think he was. You think so? I, yeah, because because well, I mean, yeah, I think he's people. So young. Are, I think he's I got know. 10, 12 more years to make up for that. Yeah, I think it'd be one thing if it was one time and he learned from it. Everyone loves giving second chances, and then it happened again. So I, I really think he's a ways away from coming back from it. But otherwise, I think he was that guy. He's. He came off so likable. His game is super exciting. You know, good-looking kid, well-spoken. I really thought he could have been that guy. But besides, so uh, uh, maybe, maybe he winds up climbing back from that. But I do want to know, Norris. We now look toward what is not even the second half of the season, the the, the final third of the season. Is there a dark horse team? You know, not one of the big guns like Boston or Milwaukee. Is there a dark horse team you could see making a deep run in the playoffs? A dark horse team? Um, I mean, it wouldn't surprise any of us, but their record hasn't showed it yet. But I'm always a believer that um, if the Miami Heat make the playoffs, they could beat anybody. So I would say them. Uh, I would also say... In the West, they don't look too good right now, but if they're healthy going into the playoffs and they make the playoffs, I don't think anyone wants to play against the Lakers. You know, LeBron and LeBron is still playing at a level that where if he gets in the playoffs and he's healthy and AD's healthy, I don't think anyone will want to see them. So I would say Miami Heat and the Lakers. And it's hard, it's hard because normally they're not considered dark horses, but if you look at their records, sure, you know, their records don't indicate dominance at all. So – I think those two teams, that if they get in the playoffs, no one will want to see them. Uh, we're not going to argue with you about that answer, Norris. Norris Cole joining us here on Amber and Ian. Finally here, Norris, Damian Lillard, speaking of the Miami Heat, Damian Lillard, he was asked to put together his all-NBA team, and he didn't have his teammate Giannis on his team. He did have a Miami Heat player, Bam Adebayo, on his yes. team at the center position, which surprised a lot of people that Bam made the cut. What did you make of that whole thing with Dame? Well, one, you gotta understand Bam and Dame are friends. They're really they're really close friends, so I understood that. But uh he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you gotta play the listen, you gotta play the politics, even though, you know, the lineup that he made was actually a great five too. That five could beat a bunch of, you know, other fives. That that's a great lineup that he put, but you gotta play Giannis just for camaraderie's sake, just for peace sake, just to keep the keep the noise down because you got to know if you don't put Giannis in there, it's going to be a story and you never know how Giannis is going to feel. So it's right. so good for us though. It's so good for content. Yeah, Norris Cole. Yeah, it's very good for us. Norris Cole, two-time NBA champ. You can hear him around here as well on ESPN radio. Thanks Norris. Thanks Norris. Appreciate you. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian with Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight. We'll get back to your phone calls on how to fix the NBA All-Star game. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's next.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What we were doing was not working. People uniformly were critical of last year's All-Star game and felt it was not a competitive game. I don't know if we watched basketball, but it was an exhibition as the East wins it 211 to 186. This is the ultimate indictment against the NBA stars who show up on NBA All-Star weekend. You play harder in the summer league when you train it. And we know if money was on the line, you'd be given more effort, even though you're already getting paid hand over foot. Wolf, those sound bites are rough coming in about the NBA All-Star game on Sunday. A lot of people upset with how NBA All-Star weekend ended. It ended with a thud. It just was not very interesting to watch that type of basketball played. It was hardly basketball, as you just heard. Zaslow filling in for Ian tonight here on Amber. And Ian, we are taking your calls, though, on how to fix this thing. How do we fix the NBA All-Star game? Triple H, say ESPN. Andy is calling us. He's at West Point. Andy, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, guys. Yeah, I know it, 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 there was a lot of lackluster, but I have kids that are 10, 8, and 5, and they thought it was the coolest thing ever. Like, are they going to score 200? Like, what's the score going to be? So, like, I think, you know, you got to think about the audience too, right? For us, yeah, it's boring. But for my kids, like, they were doing the math. Like, every time a shot was made, they were, like, adding and subtracting. Like, how many to 200? So, you know, maybe the audience, it, maybe we're too old, you know, as, as us, you know, watching, but the youth thought it was really neat. And I think that's something that we, you know, you know, the whole time they were watching, I think they loved the whole weekend. Um, yeah, the slam dunk contest was not their favorite. They thought the three-point contest was awesome. They loved the uh, Curry versus Sabrina. They thought that was really cool. So, yeah, for us, maybe there was a, a little bit of lackluster, but for kids, they thought it was really neat. Now, Zazzle, you have sons. Thanks for the call, Andy. Zazzle, you have sons that are old enough to appreciate it and enjoy it. My kid's not yet, so he wasn't going to sit down and watch it with me this weekend. What do your kids think of it? Did they yeah, watch so, it? So I, I, had, I had this experience. My 15-year-old my is not dialed into the All-Star game because he knows what it is at this point. But my 12-year-old was very into the game. He was hmm. mesmerized at all the stars being on the floor together, even though they were never all on the screen at the same time, all right, because they're cherry-picking and they're not running back on defense. But he was mesmerized with all the stars being there, being in the game, and he also was very interested in the idea that they might score 200 points. That was a running theme for him the whole night. So, yeah, like, I, I get that perspective. But here's also the thing, Amber, that perspective is understandable, I don't think this would be such a huge deal, such a huge story, if the main theme of the NBA the last four or five years hasn't been players not playing. If that was not the big deal over the last years, the fact that this year they made actual rules to try and get players to play, and then you have this performance of the All-Star game, it just exacerbates that entire narrative. I think that 
is what has made this a major issue. Yeah, I, I mean, I do understand the kid component of it, and that's cool. So I'm glad that that kids enjoyed the thing. But I absolutely agree with you. The reason that this is a bigger deal, that people are making such a big deal about this All-Star game, because we have a problem with All-Star games basically across sports, right? We've seen this problem time and time again. But this particular All-Star game with the NBA bothers people because of the reputation of the league, because there's this idea that the current NBA player doesn't really want to play basketball. And it's weird as a fan to watch people who make hundreds of millions of dollars, which is what we're talking about with these superstars, right? Hundreds of millions of dollars to play a game for a living and they don't like doing it. It seems bizarre to the rest of us who, you know, make so much less money. And I I mean, not speaking for me and you, because what we get to do for a living is pretty darn fun, but there's a whole lot of people in this world that do things that are a whole lot less fun than playing basketball looks like it would be for a whole lot less money. And they still show up and they still try at their job. So there's certainly an element of that when those people are watching the product and the perception is these spoiled brats don't feel like doing their job well, even though they're compensated to do so. That's what it feels like from the outside looking in, I think. And compared to past generations of NBA player, this NBA player wants the most money for the least work. And that bothers people. Right. Which, I mean, at the same time, (laughs) they're like... Like, credit to them because they're also able to get it. I mean, realistically, we would all want the most money for the least amount of work. And the NBA player has somehow found a way to actually be able to accomplish that goal. But most of our jobs don't don't have people paying their hard-earned money to watch them. Well, and then that's the problem. But this is also an NBA problem for allowing the player to be in that situation where the player has so much power that he gets the most money for the least amount of work through across the generations. Triple Eight, say ESPN, Junior is calling us from Atlanta. Junior, thanks for the call. How would you fix this thing? Hi, so I hope I don't get killed for this, but I was thinking that the problem that most of us have for this is that there's no defense played. So how about instead of doing total points scored we do it by quarter first to 30 wins the quarter and then at the very end of it hopefully we go to overtime we'll get you know two and two and we'll go to overtime but ultimately most of these players care about their bench players like y'all said that aren't earning much cash so how about that money gets distributed between the winning team's bench players that way it'll incentivize them to all want to win i don't hate the idea of there being like a you know that you win the quarters, but like you said there, you're then hoping for overtime to get an odd number. Otherwise, the right. game's ending 2-2, two to two, you know? Right. Otherwise, I, I think it's an interesting idea. I mean, they tried stuff last year. They tried stuff last year to try to incentivize these things. So it's not like the NBA isn't trying different iterations of this thing. They went back to the East-West model this year. Like, I don't know if that was a good idea, frankly. I mean, they've been trying no, I like that because I can tell who's on what team. I, I never yeah, knew I like, who was on what team. But I like the guys having to pick other guys. It's fun. It's playground uh, style. I can't keep track of who's on what team. I need to know. It gives us content, too. It gives us content. You know, who's he? Who's getting picked first? Who's getting picked last? Who's friends with who? Who wants to be traded where? It gives us content as radio host. Triple Eight, say ESPN. Rick is calling us from California. Rick, how would you fix this thing? You got about 30 seconds. Yeah, real fast. Uh, we're looking at celebrities going and playing with the pros. How many times have you seen guys on the on the bench yelling from the sidelines at the pros. Now they get a chance to go two-on-two. One pro, one celebrity on each side. 
You put the guy who really hates his pro the most, now he's going up against the guy, trash talking. <laughs> he's going to go 100% to try and win that game, making the pro go 100% to back him up. Well, thanks Thanks for the call, Rick. Uh, two things, though. Uh, the pro wouldn't have to go 100% uh, to win that battle. The pro wouldn't even have to go probably 20% to win that battle. And then the second thing, Zaslo, is that that celebrity game? Wolf. Who were those people? <laughs> Who were those people? I don't know. I don't know any of those guys running around there. I can't pay big money. I, I can't have these these YouTube stars. <laughs> Everyone's a YouTube star. Playing these NBA players, I want to know who they are. Coming up next, college football approved a new model for the 12-team playoff. We will get into it next here on ESPN Radio.